The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome to MASH Minute, the Movies by Minute podcast analyzing the 1970 Robert Altman film MASH. And today's going to be another interesting comparison with the movie, with the TV show day, I think. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. And I'm Adam Liebrich Johnson. Hi, Adam! Hello! Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for volunteering to be the first person to say your last name on air. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I'm the only one of me with this last name, so it works. (laughs) Well, that and my wife. I was going to say, you can never make that joke because there was another Tierney Steele. She lived in Jersey. We looked nothing alike. But when Facebook became a thing, we found each other and it was very exciting. I think that's a badass name. Not many Tierneys running around in this world. So the fact that there was another same first and last name really actually kind of freaked me out. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not here to talk about names today. We're here to talk about MASH, as always. Woohoo! Today we're going to focus our obsession, I mean, what, our podcast, on Minute 79, which starts with a man running from the helicopter past Hawkeye and Trapper down into camp. And it ends with Hawkeye holding up some x-rays while Trapper learns why he's being called to Japan. Woohoo! So uh, going into this, I've obviously, I have not seen the movies. I'm familiar with MASH from the uh, the TV series, and I think I've seen every episode of that. And uh, I'm a little familiar with the novel, so this was, uh, this was an interesting experience for me coming in. You'd think having seen every episode of the TV show would help you know what's going on, but did it? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I was able... <laughs> I was able to infer from context, you know, which one was Trapper, which one was Hawkeye. But until people started talking, I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Other than, you know, it's it's Korea, there's a helicopter, and a guy just shoved uh, Hawkeye down the hill. I was going to say, at least it should look familiar. Yes, it does look familiar. The the, the aesthetic is very familiar. Hawaiian shirts, uh, army uniforms, mustaches. Golf up on a helicopter pad. (laughs) Yes. My only problem with this is that the helicopter landed before this guy jumped out and barrels past them. And they're acting like they didn't hear a helicopter coming. Like, come on, guys. Yeah. You gotta well, meet him halfway. <laughs> they, I, I, I get the feeling they don't much care. If, you know, the helicopter's landing, they're still hitting golf balls. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> the guy pushed past them and then came running back up the hill a moment later being escorted. <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like he uh, assumed that uh, the, the the guy in the Hawaiian shirt couldn't be who he was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> he could have saved himself a trip if he just asked from at the top of the hill where, yeah. where to find Captain McIntyre. Then we wouldn't have this beautiful out-of-breath ridiculousness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Running through the middle of the sunbathing women being chased by dogs. Oh my goodness. So many dogs. I love it. <laughs> I feel like I should plug the Stuff You Missed in History podcast, which has done multiple episodes on like animals that get, you know, wrapped up in wars, you know, like this pug delivered messages in France in World War One. <laughs> 
things like that. And there's a really good episode of things like and I think it was I think it was one of their impossible episodes where they say like, look, we can't do a whole episode on any one of these things because like it's a beagle on an aircraft carrier in the Pacific. <laughs> like there's only so much biographical information we've got. So they did a bunch of them all together. Like, okay, if we add up these six animals, we get a whole episode. <laughs> well, there's a whole history of domestic animals in war, you know, ships, cats and messenger exactly. dogs and rescue dogs and you know it's we've often exploited animals for our own end sometimes they let us pet them and it's wonderful <laughs> yes it is <laughs> and that makes everything better yeah and another thing that makes everything better is how much i love hawkeye checking for damage of his umbrella and then like yes. popping it back over his shoulder like the the twirl like it's oh it's great the interesting thing was you know he sounded a bit like christopher lloyd when he was coming back up the hill to me Hmm. A bit like Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown saying, hey, they broke my umbrella. <laughs> broke my umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to be fair, I, that had to be added afterwards, I'm sure, outside with the noise and everything. And oh, yeah, so yeah. it's got to be hard to to be shouting, but pretend you're <laughs> shouting outside, but be inside. But like to get that pitch right, I could see that being really troublesome. But I did not make the Christopher Lloyd connection. I like Mm-mm. that. That's just because uh, I haven't heard his voice through the entirety of the movie. I know it's I know it's Donald Sutherland. It just uh, mm-hmm. it didn't sound like him, like Donald Sutherland to me in that moment. This is young Donald Sutherland. Yes, I'm more familiar with older Hunger Games type Donald Sutherland. Yeah, this is this is young hamming it up kind of Donald <laughs> Sutherland. Oh yeah, very hammy, very very hammy. I I, I really enjoyed the performances in this in this particular minute, <laughs> especially when he pulls out the thermometer, starts examining. Yes. The <laughs> You look I love awful. that he has it. <laughs> He's a doctor. Of course he has it. That's true. So, yes, I, I do love the, you know, came all the way from Seoul, sir, just to see you. You look terrible. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I'm guess I'm guessing the assumption is that he's somehow in trouble, so he's trying to deflect from that. Like, I like he's he, he's assuming he's in trouble, mm. so he's gonna he's gonna try and uh, get ahead of it by sending the guy into major surgery and maybe stave it off for a day or two. <laughs> My first assumption watching it was that he would have done this kind of no matter what. Like, as soon as the guy says, I came here to see you, he's like, oh, well, then I'm going to treat you like a patient. Like, he's a goofball, sort of. Mm-hmm. But I but I like the idea that it's like, you came from Seoul for me. Uh, that can't be good. Let me <laughs> distract you. <laughs> Anytime you're, respect, you're requested specifically in the military, it can't be for a good thing. <laughs> I guess I should call this the lieutenant. I just have him as man in my notes because he's yet another uncredited who is this guy person in our movie, unfortunately. <laughs> Yay. And, uh, you know, Trapper's not going to get a good temperature read if he keeps talking with the uh, thermometer in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Take your shirt off and tell me where it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. And poor Volmer is so confused. Volmer's the other soldier, the one that escorted yes. this guy back up the hill. And he's just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, what What do I do? He seems uh, He seems like he, ha- he deals with this uh, fairly often. It's hard because yeah. Volmer wants to do the right thing. He wants to be a good soldier, but he's also been here long enough that he's not phased by this ridiculousness. Like, he's just confused by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the... 
this minute where he says Kakura? Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, i sorry. I had not scrolled down lo- re- far enough. And I was like, wait, I thought he said it in this minute. I looked no, up he does. Kakura Japan and I got all excited because there are really pretty pictures online. Because yes. there's like an ancient castle. It's super cool. And it has a fascinating story. I'm sure they just picked it because it was a well-known city that's easy enough to say for an American actor. And it's, <laughs> Probably somewhere where soldiers went on leave fairly often. Well, it's apparently connected by ferry to what is now Busan at this point would have been called Pusan in South Korea. Like if you look on a map, it's right across. So yeah, definitely easy access for the U.S. military. Yep, yep. Kokur mm. is a little inland, but I, I, if I'm looking at this right, there's like straight water that goes in and so it's right on that so it would have been easy enough to get across even though it's not on the sea but Kokura Japan has a fascinating history for 20th century American military involvement have you guys heard I'm not familiar I had never heard this and I literally studied World War II so actually maybe I I did not remember this and I should have Kokura was the backup location if Hiroshima was clouded over. Oh, yeah. And then Kokura was the primary location, but it was clouded over, so they went to Nagasaki. It got very lucky then. It, it did get very lucky. very lucky. <laughs> it got incredibly, amazingly lucky. And it's, again, like I said, and it's a major city, but, you know, pretty old castle, nice parks. And I loved that when I pulled it up on the map, there is a giant Ogori country club that borders the town, <laughs> which is going to come into play in the next minute. Just tuck that away in your brains for now. Yep. Spoilers. Yes. Well, I was trying to look at, oh, and also you can waste a lot of time looking at what military bases were in mainland Japan in the 20th century, because there was a bunch. (laughs) I love that Hawkeye is the one that that ends up reading Trapper's orders, (laughs) which I I think is a rather large breach of military protocol. Like the orders are only supposed to be read by the people that it's relevant to. But again, uh, that seems par par for the course for these two. does and i will say while this is a breach of etiquette it's not like this is like he is also a doctor yes he is also a captain this is not secret information yeah it's more it's a minor breach of protocol (laughs) exactly protocol that's what i was trying to think it's not not the worst thing that that he's done i'm sure yeah, I mean, Trapper needs this information, and this poor man is so confused at what's happening to him as Why he do talks I have a around thermometer the thermometer in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I the love other... that he puts it back. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing I really noticed in this minute was it's, it's. I did a little bit of research on the movie, but having not watched it, it seems like this is part of the the subtle anti-war message of the movie because it's a congressman's son that he's being called mm. away to fix specifically, and it seems like a normal soldier wouldn't get this kind of privilege to have a, a special surgeon come in especially if the wound is not as bad as uh, as it as it's being said it is and it seems yeah. like a, a bit of a bit of corruption from the, uh, the the higher levels of government and military seeping in uh showing that maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be literally the guy's report starts with his dad's a congressman yeah 
And he says it tw- like at both times, he explains what's wrong with the guy after saying his dad's a congressman. <laughs> but then he says, you know, he says, you know, the bit of shrapnel next to his heart from a grenade in practice. Yeah, yeah. So that's why he is, Hawkeye lets Trapper know he is to proceed to Kakura, Japan immediately. And we'll find out more about that in the next minute. But I do like Trapper, like, taking the stick and, what'd you say? As if he wasn't the one who had put it there. So yes, this lieutenant and Volmer are both giving great confusion performances today. I always think of this scene because I feel like they use a lot of production stills from this scene in promoting the movie. Yeah, I found I found uh, I found sense? a lot of that when I was looking mm-hmm. stuff up. It was there's a lot of pictures of, of Trapper and Hawkeye with the you know standing at the top of the hill looking down, uh, the, you know the Hawaiian shirt, uh, all that stuff. A lot of a lot of pictures of that that I found online. And I don't mean to completely blow your mind, but <laughs> they don't wear Hawaiian shirts that often in this movie. <laughs> no, they don't. I think it's because of this scene and that it became because they recreated it sort of in the pilot like the opening of the pilot is them golfing off the helicopter pad in their Hawaiian shirts and so this just kind of became a mash I guess well it, it coming into it cold it really reads it really uh, reads exactly like it's supposed to you know these these guys are the ones that are bucking the system that are trying to get away with as much as they can and it seems like if he's being uh, requested specifically that he's good enough that he can buck the system and not really get in trouble for it hmm. what trapper and hawkeye are good at right evading <laughs> any sort of real consequences <laughs> i wish i could do that in my life i know right <laughs> yeah if only we were hotshot surgeons oh shucks and then megan wait am i remembering correctly that it is trapper teeing off in the opening of the pilot isn't he the one that yells for and hits the golf club into the minefield um potentially i'd have to double check it's Just either trapper or hawkeye it's one of the two it, it's definitely one of the two but i am i love it if it's trapper so oh. much was taken away from his character from this movie to the tv show and i love alan alda as hawkeye and i love his character so i'm not complaining i'm just being sad for wayne rogers not getting as much to do and i love the idea that like the iconic image of mash actually is trapper (laughs) well it seems uh it seems especially here that like trapper is really the main character which is sort of the reverse of the tv show yeah it it focuses much more on hawkeye if hawkeye started doing an igor accent no one would be shocked (laughs) (laughs) oh man well you mentioned you'd seen probably every episode of the tv show so you were a fan uh a passing fan yes I, I i haven't watched it in a while but uh when my wife and i were dating uh she was really into it so we'd uh, we'd watch it a lot together i like she i said at, at, some awesome. po- at, at some point <laughs> yes yeah, she is awesome <laughs> But, you know, at one point or another, I'm sh- I think I've seen, at le- uh, if not all episodes, at least the vast majority of them. And you know, it's kind of informed a lot of my uh, a lot of my current worldview and, and, and political leanings and stuff at this point. I was going to say, if you enjoy the anti-war message of <laughs> the TV show, that is definitely the point of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just accomplished in a much darker humor way. <laughs> And then I'm going to save asking you kind of your response to, well, no, you know what? Screw it. I'll ask you today with just these two minutes. Are you intrigued enough to maybe watch the movie, you think? Or is it not your cup of tea? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I will absolutely watch the movie. I just I wanted to I I really did kind of want to go in cold and see how my perspective differed from other people's. Because now now that I've done this, I'm going to go back and listen to your archive, too. (laughs) 
checked out. <laughs> the first episodes were a little rough. Learning curve of editing. <laughs> oh, no, believe me, I get it. I, I work with sound in my regular job, and it's it's not easy to learn. It's a steep learning curve. It's a really steep learning curve, and I would like to think I've gotten a lot better once someone <laughs> actually taught me how to edit a podcast. <laughs> they kept being like, balance your levels. I'm like, okay, so I'm moving sliders around. And they're like, that's not how you balance levels. I'm like, what? They're levels, and I balance them. Isn't that what you've been talking about this whole time? And then it was like, there's a normal level button what the hell why didn't anyone tell <laughs> me that tell me this useful information <laughs> earlier so yes after we finish releasing episodes i'm gonna go back and uh quote unquote remaster those early because <laughs> yeah it's amazing what a difference it makes yeah and then uh the other question i wanted to ask you for today is where you hail from podcast wise <laughs> well i hail from uh california life wise oh, okay and uh, podcast-wise, I had been planning a Movies by Minutes podcast, but my life has gotten so busy that I had to uh, I had to let that one go. I'm still planning on doing one gotcha. in the future when things clear up, but uh, the subject of mine got picked up by someone else. Aww. So uh, I have to find another movie that I'm going to be, uh, I will be interested in. Uh, you can hear me guesting on a couple others. I've guessed it on Harry Potter Minute and uh, Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Yeah, I was going to say, because I, I knew I'd heard you before, and then I was like, I don't think he has a show? <laughs> I don't have a show, but I will have a show someday. Yay! Because, <laughs> you know, am I, am I really a white guy without a podcast? <laughs> There's so few. <laughs> you know, we're a dying breed. Well, I know you're endangered, and I look forward to it. Whenever you find the next movie that speaks to your heart, which I, I find funny that I've done a few shows, and the movies have been so different. <laughs> like... Yeah, you've been all like, over the place. How did you go way. from never writing story to mash? And I'm like, I'm complicated. <laughs> no one says you have to like one thing. Yes, I. That would be awesome. Yeah, I know. I've heard you on Harry Potter Bennett, and you are also one of the cool people who hangs out in listener groups on Facebook. I love the listener groups. It's <laughs> it's, it's my substitute for actual friends. Yes. Me too. <laughs> uh, and then I love that, like, one of my very few real world friends I roped into podcasting. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Harry Potter Minute has a listeners group. Lord of the Rings Minute has a listeners group. The Fellowship of the Mic. There's a lot of memes in there. It's a good time. Yep. <laughs> and of course, we have the MASH Minute post-up listeners ward, where we talk about all things MASH all the time. And we will continue to do that even after we stop releasing new episodes, mostly because we'll still be releasing things. They'll just be remastered <laughs> versions of old information. <laughs> They'll sound real good, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I feel like I should knock on wood as I say that. <laughs> Did you guys have anything else for this minute? No, just it's the start of my favorite part of the movie. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, well, I can't hold you back any longer from that. I will I will wrap up this minute so that we can talk about going to Japan. Woohoo! <laughs> Yay, Japan! Do they go to Tokyo Disneyland while they're there? Oh! Uh, no, wait, let's it talk exist Tokyo yet. Disneyland next minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to go real bad. Me too. <laughs> All right, I will reconvene with you guys next time to talk about Minute 80. 